This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hey guys, welcome to The Collective. So let's get into our weekly recap. Um, This week has been a very hectic week, but also kind of a boring week, so I don't really have that much to share. I started clinicals this week, so basically I am in the hospital at 9 in the morning rounding with the ICU team, and I just get to observe and just get to watch basically what they do, which is so fun for me and it's so exciting. Anyone that knows me knows I want to be a doctor. That's my angle. So just getting to watch the attending, the residents, the pharmacists, nurses, everyone, it's just really it's really fun and it's really cool and it's a really good learning experience and I'm very excited that I get to do it every day. At the same time, I'm a very big empath so it does take a big toll on me seeing the patients in the condition that they're in but it honestly just fuels me to want to be a doctor that much more. So basically, I wake up at five in the morning every day, I do my workout, do my morning routine, head off to school and then I walk to the hospital because it's across campus. And then after rounds, I go to school for a few hours, and then I go home, eat dinner, go to bed, and then I just repeat it the next day. So my life has been very busy, but also the exact same every single day, so not much has changed. An exciting thing that did happen this past week was that HC came out with our newest launch, um, the 97 hoodie, so that's really exciting. A lot of you seem to really love it, which is so fun and I just it makes me so happy and people are posting about it and I just love that everyone loves it um 10% of proceeds will be donated to Refugees International which obviously is always an important cause but especially right now in the state that the world is in so if you do want one go to our Instagram go buy one head over to the website we're very low on stock. We only have, I want to say we have like one extra large left or something like that. So they're all very low on stock. But if you want one, please go buy one. I promise you it'll be the comfiest thing you've ever worn in your entire life. So on this week's episode, I have a lifestyle, wellness, fitness content creator that is from Toronto, Canada. So that's really exciting for me. She's from my home country. And she is basically the embodiment of everything that any social media content creator would want to be. She is so active on her social media and is really prominent on Instagram and on TikTok. I actually found her on TikTok. Her morning routines are so aesthetically pleasing and it's so nice. I love it. Her name's Elena Bloomberg, and she also has her own podcast, The Morning Ray, so I will, of course, link that down below. Please go listen to her podcast, and yeah, we'll get into this week's episode. So, hi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming. You want to kind of give a little introduction of yourself and who you are, where where you're from, what you do, that whole thing. Yeah, so hi. First off, thanks for having me. Mm I'm Alana, or I go by Lanny, Lanny Fit on Instagram and TikTok. I'm 22 years old from Toronto, Canada. I was born and raised just outside of the city, moved downtown this summer, and I'm a marketing student at Ryerson University here in Toronto. 
and I'm just finishing up that and while working full time, I'm doing a million one things. You'll find that out. Yeah. Um, I'm working full time at a social media agency called green fresh media. So we do a lot of social media campaigns and management for health and beverage brand health food and beverage brands. So like Lily sweets, chosen foods, brands that are very much up my alley. Yeah. And on the side, but I guess it's really not the side anymore. Um, I run a health, wellness, and lifestyle platform on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and I have my podcast, Morning Ray, which is an extension of that. Yeah. Um, I love that you gave your name and then your Instagram handle too, because I sometimes I'll refer to you as like Lanny B. Fit. And then sometimes I'll say like Alana Bloomberg and my mom thought they were two completely different people literally <laughs> until today. And I was like, no, they're actually the same person. I just don't know which one to say so that people know who you are. So how did you get started kind of in the social media realm? Because I found you maybe like, I want to say like eight-ish months ago, maybe like a year ago on TikTok because of mm-hmm. your morning routines, because I was like, this girl wakes up so early. She like has this whole morning routine before like 9am. And yeah, how did you start? Was it more on Insta? Is that how you started and then transitioned to TikTok or like, yeah. Girlies, when you're first starting a business, you have enough to worry about. The stress is overwhelming and there's absolutely no reason you should be adding any more. Luckily for us, Shopify is here to help. Shopify has all the tools to power and build your business to the next level. It grows with your business, no matter how far or big you grow. Thanks to an endless list of integration and third-party apps, anything you can think of from on-demand printing to accounting to chatbots, everything you need to revolutionize your business, they have. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and they are the global force behind Allbirds, Linen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. As a WTTC listener, you can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash WTTC all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash WTTC now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Again, shopify.com slash WTTC. Okay, girlies, we are talking about our favorites once again. If you've ever had an embarrassing BO moment, Lumi is here to help. Lumi is powered by mandelic acid to control odor in a new way. Lumi delivers outrageous 72-hour odor control from everywhere, including your pits, your feet, and yes, even your privates. And fun fact, but it was actually a patient's concern about their private odor that originally inspired the OBGYN who invented Lumi. I currently have the toasted coconut deodorant, and let me tell you, it is my absolute favorite, and it smells so good. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers, and it comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, and free shipping. 
As a special offer for listeners, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that equals over 40% off their starter pack. Use code WTTC for 15% off your first purchase at lumideodorant.com. That's WTTC at L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. So I started on Instagram. I started very like spontaneously. I didn't expect it to become what it did. I started in first year. So back in January, 2018, kind of like a whole different world of Instagram, like TikTok didn't exist. Um, Things were like on a much smaller scale. Influencer wasn't really a word. It was still kind of blogger. Um, And I started for fun. I started because a bunch of my friends were creating a lot of like health and fitness accounts and posting photos of like their healthy meals and like post-workout photos and fun stuff like that. And that's, I kind of just hopped on the bandwagon, but for me, I've always been someone that when I decide I want to do something, I take it pretty seriously and I go hard. It's like go big or go home for me. Um, when I decide I want to do something like I'm going to do it. So I like went full force growing up. I grew I watched YouTube and wanted to be a YouTuber and my parents never let me. So I kind of took this as like my blog platform. Like I would like do like little vlogs on stories and different things, but that's like where I got started. And then over the years it expanded to YouTube. I go in and out of posting on YouTube, really trying Mm -hmm. to be more consistent with that. And yeah, it's really hard that YouTube is probably like the most time consuming Mm -hmm. and because you have to edit, you film on your vlog camera or like your professional yeah. camera, whatever setup you have going, then you have to import the footage and you have to edit the footage and you have to export it, create the thumbnail, the title, the links, mm-hmm. like everything. Like it's very time consuming. Um, which is why I love TikTok because I was able to do like this short form content of like what I would like to watch on YouTube, but I just did it all in the app. Like I'm someone who literally does whatever I do on Instagram on Instagram, besides like my feed photos, Mm -hmm. I'm like anything on my stories. I take it on stories. I'm not someone to take it on my camera roll and then like post it later, like a month later. Yeah. Yeah. That's not me. And same with TikTok. Like everyone's always like, how do you edit your TikToks? I'm like, I film it in the app. I got really good at filming in the app. I don't even like edit it most of the time and like shorting clips. Like I'm just like very like used to filming that way. Um, but that's like how I started, like just for fun. I did not expect it to grow, to have like over 120,000 followers across all my platforms. Yeah. That's so crazy. Honestly, that's how a lot of the best things come to be though, is you just start it cause you just want to, and you just want to see what happens. And then it turns into this big thing and you're like, oh shit. Okay. I guess I'm actually going to like full force do this now. Yeah. <laughs> so take us through a morning routine. Take us through like an average day morning routine. What do you do? What time do you wake up? Okay. So I try to wake up at like around 6.15 is like what my alarm has been set up. The past month or so has been a bit harder for me to get up because I decided to stop taking my iron pill for a month. So just And so 
I got exhausted and like, I couldn't figure out for the longest time. Like maybe it's because I'm going out too much. Maybe it's because I'm staying up too late. And then I was like, no, this is, I haven't been taking my iron. Yeah. So <laughs> it was a struggle for a while. Definitely like getting back into it, but I wake up at around like 6 15, 6 30 on a good day. Okay. Um, and then I get out of bed right away and I go to the washroom. I wash my face. I do a little bit of light skincare, nothing like too full force. I normally will like take some micellar water and then I'll use my gua sha with some facial oil, call mm-hmm. it a day. Cause I'm going to go work out. I just yeah. like to deep puff my face before I work out because my face gets hella puffy when I sleep. Do you have an ice roller? I got um, one the other day and it is the best thing that ever happened to me. Okay. So I have one, but it's at my house in Thornhill. So okay. I don't have one at my apartment, but I love my gua sha. I have like a stainless steel one. So it's super cold oh and like God. heavy. That's- I like it a lot. Yeah. I like, I literally ice roll every single morning because I was not blessed with high cheekbones and like a structured jaw. So we're working really hard to get that. Yes. Yeah. I feel you. I have a very like round face. Mm-hmm. Me so too. I feel you with that. So I do like a little bit of skincare. Then I go put on my workout clothes. Usually Um, I'll take my vitamins. I'll do my five minute journal. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to do my own journal prompts, but I got out of the habit of journaling. So I've been leaning into the five minute journal. Super easy. I love it. You can find it on Amazon, Urban Outfitters, wherever. That's probably Mm -hmm. like my most asked question now that I'm posting it. Really? Um, I thought that you posted it on your story literally like this morning. Yeah. So I've been doing that and then I'll go either run or I'll go down to the gym in my building and I'll lift weights or I'll go to a workout class. There's this awesome workout studio in Toronto called Sweat and Tonic and they have great um, like hit classes. I really Mm -hmm. like their booty hit classes. So sometimes I'll venture out there. I have to wake up even earlier to do that. Cause it's a little bit far. Like it's a 10 minute drive. I don't have a car on transit. It's like 30 minutes. Oh my God. So, yeah. So you got to wake up a little bit early, um, for that, but I'll do some sort of workout and then I'll like, I like to walk afterwards. So I'll go on like a 30 minute walk afterwards, depending how much time give or take like my morning routine, like moves around, like some things are added, some things are taken away. Mm-hmm. And then I'll usually come back. I'll shower, I'll have a coffee, I'll start work. And then like an hour or so later, I'll probably have like breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have to eat right away. Lately, I haven't felt the need to eat breakfast right away. So I'm just like being intuitive with my body. And usually breakfast is like protein oats or um, like a Greek yogurt bowl or a smoothie of some sort. I'm very much like a sweets for breakfast kind of gal. Me too. I have literally the same breakfast every day. Like every day it's overnight oats. And I don't, I don't venture off of it because it's the only thing that I'm like so excited to have every day. As for me, I used to have the same exact thing every day. And then when I was trying to diversify what I was having and like mm-hmm. benefit my gut microbiome and whatever, yeah. I like now rotate through like three breakfasts. Although lately I haven't been making smoothies. So it's just like rotating between like egg white oats or protein, like protein oats with protein powder yeah. or like a yogurt bowl, but it's like all the same toppings on both of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, how, how do you make your egg white oats? Because I've made them once and it was like, it was so gross. Like the egg whites actually like cooked and it was like, it was just not, it was not a thing. So I do it on the stovetop. I do around like a third cup of rolled oats and then 
So essentially like when you do your liquid, it's double whatever the amount of oats you do. Yeah. So I'll do then a third cup of the egg whites and then a third cup water. And then I add cinnamon into it. Sometimes Mm -hmm. like I'll add vanilla and then like, I constantly like mix it so that like the egg whites are like integrated, like with the oats. And then like, if you don't add like sweetener, like you can add like sugar to it, like um, coconut sugar or maple syrup. Mm -hmm. Um, that will definitely add more flavor. But like, for me, like I get my sweetness from the topping. So I add a lot of berries. I add banana. I add more cinnamon. I add almond butter, um, hemp hearts, and they're really fluffy and they're good. And like, you don't taste the egg. Oh my God. Okay. Maybe I need to try them like that. I probably did it so wrong and they were like clumpy. And I was like, this is not, this is going to ruin oatmeal for me. And that's literally my favorite thing ever. So I was like, I can't keep doing this. Yeah. You can't do it. It's not a microwave thing. Like it has to be on the stove top. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to try that. Um, you kind of mentioned it about eating intuitively and you're very body positive and you mentioned this all the time that you're just trying to be like the best version of yourself. What, like, do you have any things that you do that kind of got you to that point? Cause I know a lot of people struggle with like body dysmorphia and like feeling down about themselves and all of that. So I'll give like the whole rundown on like my history and my relationship with myself and food. But growing up, I honestly had a really great relationship with myself. I had a really great relationship with food. Like I always had a big appetite and I embodied that. Um, Like I wasn't afraid to eat. I wasn't afraid to eat in front of my friends. I wasn't afraid to eat in front of guys. Like I could go to a dessert place and have like a massive waffle with ice cream all by myself and finish it confidently. Like I was not ashamed of it. And like, because I was dancing so much, like I was fairly lean growing up. Like I never worried about my weight or anything. And then came into university and first year I stopped dancing. So Mm -hmm. I went from dancing 20 plus hours a week because I was dancing at school in the arts program at my high school. And then I was training competitively outside of school. Mm -hmm. So I was, I went from doing the insane amount of like cardio predominant workouts to barely working out, barely moving, overeating. Um, I was emotionally eating in first year. I was binge drinking. I was like, it was the complete opposite. And so I started to put on weight and it was the first time that clothes didn't fit me. Mm -hmm. I started to feel really uncomfortable in my skin. And like what you see on social media is like, Oh, like to lose weight, you have to follow all these diets, like these bad diets that are insane that are like 1200 calories Mm -hmm. and they're super restrictive. And I was like doing all these different things. And I, I like just was feeling so insecure. And then I like woke up from that for like a little moment. And I was like, I want to, if I'm going to lose this weight and I want to like be confident in myself again, I want to do it the right way. So I went to registered dietitian and I gave her like a three day meal plan of like, essentially like I'm more, not a meal plan, like a food journal of how I ate two days on the weekday and one day on a weekend. Cause obviously like we all eat different on the weekend. Yeah. Um, and she's like, you're on the right path. Like, just keep doing this, like maybe add more protein, whatever. And so like, I lost the weight and I feel like I did have a really healthy mindset with food during that whole process. But then I got caught up in the idea of like weighing less and being smaller and smaller. And it never got to a point where it was like very much alarming. I wouldn't say I ever had an eating disorder. I do think I had disordered eating. I became very restrictive with food as fearful of gaining weight, as fearful of not working out in fear of 
gaining weight from not working out. Um, so my relationship with my body and food and exercise really was negative impacted by gaining weight and then losing weight. Mm -hmm. Um, I went through cycles where it was definitely like better in first and second year and then worse. But by third year, I got really sick of it. I was tired of like having food control how I felt about myself. I was tired of letting the number on the scale determine if I was going to be happy about how I looked that day or sad or mad or angry. And I really started to look into intuitive eating. I had seen a bit about it online. I had heard about it a little bit on podcasts. Um, luckily a few of the girls that I had become friends with through Instagram, Noam, our wellness. So like Noam and RSA, um, they were very food positive, intuitive eating and like being surrounded by them and constantly talking to them. I started to embody the behaviors and the thoughts and the lifestyle that they were living by just eating intuitively and trying to remove those food rules. Um, and really just like learning to be comfortable with who I am right now, what my body looks like throwing out the clothes or well, not throwing out, donating the clothes that no longer fit me or served me. Um, and really trying to encourage myself to shift that mindset. It was really what pushed it was a tired of feeling a tiredness of feeling controlled by food and the scale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, a big thing is definitely also the people that you keep around. Like when I was in college, everyone had the mentality of don't eat all day so that when we go out at night, oh, yes. get so drunk off one vodka soda. And then you kind of like you feed into it. And I was like, oh, you're so right. And then I'd be pissed and I'd be like, I ate a piece of avocado toast tonight. I'm not going to get drunk later off one drink. So that's really crucial that you have people around you that have a very positive and like healthy mindset. Yeah. I also think like the environment and not like we were all um, victims of this and we were all like contributing to it. But like when I was away at Lori, like I feel like that environment was really toxic for me and I got consumed in like that diet culture mentality. Like don't eat dinner before you go out. Like for us, it was like, you could eat during the day, but dinner, like dinner was like a no, no, like you shouldn't have carbs before so that you can drink a lot or like you can get drunk really easily. Mm -hmm. And then you can come back afterwards and have the pizza because you didn't eat earlier. Yeah. Like, and being with like roommates that maybe didn't eat the same amount as me. Like it really, like when you're seeing other people's eating habits Mm -hmm. and hearing about them on a daily basis and multiple times throughout a day, it really impacts you. Like in grade 12, my high school had something called the West Mount diet before S trip, which is like grad trip. And this diet consisted of a venti iced coffee unsweetened with almond milk or whatever, like skim milk from Starbucks and two tablespoons of peanut butter. Did I participate in this? No, but so many girls did. And it was like a thing. Like it's crazy. Yeah. That's, oh my gosh, that's like so sad. But at the same time, like when you're growing up, like those are your most like formative years. So like you're with these other people who they're telling you this is what you do. And then it really just kind of like it messes you up for like when you're older. And then same thing, like it wasn't until maybe, it wasn't until I graduated from university that I was home for COVID. And I kind of took a look at my eating habits and I was like, this is not, okay and then also I was like with my family and like in a safe space and I was like I am not doing okay only eating one avocado toast and coffee all day yeah 
you you kind of have like this like moment of realization. And I think it happens for everyone, no matter like how far deep they get. Mm -hmm. Um, you have to hit your own rock bottom. The same thing with like any like addiction to like alcohol or drugs. Like you have to hit your own rock bottom in order to wake up. Unfortunately, that's what has to happen. No one can like come to you and tell you like, oh, you're not eating enough or you're eating too much or you're drinking too much or you're, you're going, you're taking advantage of all these drugs way too much. You need to realize it for yourself and experience it for yourself because otherwise you're just going to be like resistant Mm -hmm. against whoever's trying to help you. Yeah. Well, it's really like you can't help someone that doesn't want to be helped. Yeah. They're just not even going to listen to you. So it, it's not even going to work. But, um, so with social media, you're obviously putting yourself out there a lot. How do you deal with, I don't even know if I want to say like the hate, but like the negative comments, because they're bound to happen. They happen to everyone. Even if you're not on social media, you like get this all the time, but what do you do to kind of cope with it? And like, continue going forward with all of it so I'm very lucky where as in comments online I haven't received a lot of hate I for sure have especially on reels that have gone viral where it's like I'm picking I'm taking like a trend that's going on TikTok and I'm applying it to my niche Um, and like reels like the community and the culture on Instagram doesn't always understand like the messaging behind the um, trend that's going on. So I've gotten hate for that and it does get to you. Like, Mm -hmm. especially if like someone, like multiple people are seeing like around like the similar thing, like you can only push it down or ignore it so much. And I've learned that talking to my mom, my sister, my friends um, about how I'm feeling and how it's impacting me and having them help me work through it and talk to my therapist about it. Mm -hmm. That really helps. Um, and even not being afraid to like block those people, like there's nothing wrong with blocking people. There's nothing wrong with muting people. There's nothing wrong with unfollowing people. I feel like there's like this whole like stigma that's like a big deal to like unfollow people. And it's like this super rude thing. It really is not a a big deal. Like it's social media at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. like, like grow up a little bit. Like I can unfollow someone if I want to, um, and like, life and like social circles and everything like yeah I've heard people like at the beginning obviously like kind of make fun of me Mm -hmm. like oh Alana's like making this like health and fitness account or like (laughs) yeah like being like who does she think she is blah 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 or um like these weren't even like negative comments per se but like if I was like at a party and there was cake or there was sweets, it's like, Oh, is that Lanny B fit approved? Is Lanny B fit going to have the cake? Like comments like that. And like, yes, it does get to you at a certain point, but I've, I feel like I've built up like a skin that like, Mm -hmm. I don't really care anymore. Like a lot of hate comes out of jealousy or insecurity in that person. And they're projecting it on me. And I've learned like just to ignore it. And whenever like, it's really bothering me journaling and talking it out really helps. And if it's online blocking them or deleting it, whatever really, really helps. Mm-hmm. I mean, I literally went through this this past week, like the amount of people that I've muted is insane. I called my mom and I was like, there's another 10 that I just muted today. And it's, it's just because like one, I need to put myself first. I think it's a big thing. And people are all the time. They're like, it's so rude of you to unfollow people or block people or whatever. And I'm like, but my own mental health is more important than how someone's going to feel if they see that I unfollowed them, you know? And like, even when I started HC, 
same thing. Like people all the time are like, who does she think she is? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm literally just trying to like help people and like make a hoodie. I'm like, it's really not that deep, but same thing. People would just be so rude. And then you kind of get to a point that you're like, okay, well, I'm still going to do it. So if you're not going to be supportive, then just like get out of my way because you're really just blocking Mm -hmm. like my path, you know? Yeah. I think like a huge like moment of realization for me was like, I don't know about you, but like in my high school, there was like always like someone that was like more fashionable and kind of dressed Mm -hmm. like not the norm. And everyone's like, oh, that's just like her. Yeah. And what I realized is that people were like, oh, that's just her because she didn't can I swear on this? Yeah, of course. You she can. didn't give a fuck about like what other people thought. And she just like dressed the way that she wanted to mm-hmm. dress. And therefore that became like her own brand. She was recognized and known for dressing the way that she wants to dress and kind of being a leader in fashion and trends and all mm-hmm. that. So I kind of brought that mentality to me like, oh, the me being on social media and posting my life and being like super involved in health and wellness and being a mental health advocate and doing all these things. I want that to just become, oh, that's so Alana. That's so her. And like, as soon as I started having that mindset, I felt a lot more comfortable and confident with putting myself out there and being authentically myself online Mm -hmm. because I stopped being so concerned about what person X, Y, Z was saying about me and what their opinions of it were, because people always need something to talk about, especially like in your hometown, like they're bored there what else is there to do in a suburb like they need shit to talk about other people so like just like keep moving forward and like the people that are talking rudely about you or making comments about you it's out of insecurities or like jealousy Mm -hmm. honestly like that is the most true thing I've ever heard I literally said to my boyfriend the other day I was like I saw something and it was saying that all the people that are really successful like they've never stuck to the norm And obviously Mm -hmm. people have always said something about them. Like if you're going to stick to the norm, no one's going to say anything because you're just doing all the normal stuff. And so same thing, like I'm from a small town in Alberta, like very, they have their own opinions. Yes. And so (laughs) stepping outside of that norm, everyone talked about it. Everyone talked about in high school and in college when I moved and I went to school somewhere else, when I started clothing brand, like all this stuff. And it does get to you at a certain point. And then you're kind of like, okay, fuck that. Like you're at home doing whatever you're doing. Like, just let me live. Yeah. And like, they always say like all the CEOs of like Apple and Mm -hmm. Microsoft and Tesla, it's you're crazy until it works until it works. Yeah. And like now, like, not that I'm like super successful by any means, but it's just funny to see like people like turning around and being like, oh, she was oh actually God. like serious yeah. about this whole thing. Oh, she's actually working with these incredible brands mm-hmm. and like kind of now being like hyping you up. And like, it's like yeah. the coin has flipped. Mm-hmm. Well, people are so easy to push something down until, like you said, until it's successful. And then they're like, oh, shit. Yeah, no, I knew her in high school. She was so cool. And you're yeah. like, I actually despise everything about you. um, So you're a huge mental health advocate, which I obviously love. I think mental health is so important as someone who's so anxious every single day. I'm like, I think mental health is the most important thing ever. And you are such an advocate for therapy. And again, like, I think that's so amazing. I think every single person needs to go to therapy, like really bad. Um, So what... Like, I mean, just general, like what kind of made you 
take that leap to go into therapy? And then like, what's your biggest, like not your biggest outcome from therapy, but like your biggest, I don't know, like benefit that you've seen from doing therapy. Cause a lot of people are really still kind of in the stigma that it's like embarrassing to do it. Mm -hmm. So I started off with journaling and journaling was kind of like my stepping stone. And it's something I always recommend if you're not willing to ask your parents to go to therapy or to ask a therapist for help. Yeah. So I started off with journaling and I saw help in that, but I felt like I still needed more help. Like I felt like I needed someone to talk to. And I actually used to listen. It doesn't air anymore. Like it's no longer live, but, um, Schnitt talk it's with Ellie Schnitt. And she would always have this segment called what my therapist said. Mm -hmm. And she would, she was a huge man. She still is like, she's on Instagram. She just doesn't have her podcast, but she's a mental, a huge mental health advocate. And she always spoke about her experiences with therapy and how she thinks it's really important to always have someone to talk to a professional that's non-biased and how you don't have to be like super depressed or like at these extreme levels of like mental health to actually go out and seek someone for help. Um, so that's what kind of like encouraged me more. And it got to a point where I knew I was like very overwhelmed in my anxious thoughts. I deal with anxiety too. And like, it had always been super manageable. I go through periods where it was definitely more heightened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd always been able to control it. And I felt like I could no longer really control it. And it was kind of controlling me. And I kept letting myself get to these places where I would keep and push. I would keep pushing all the thoughts down, anything that was bothering me until I would have a meltdown. And this would happen every few months. And I was just like tired of that happening. And so I asked my mom if I could talk to someone. Um, and I reached out to my friend and so, cause she was going to a therapist Mm -hmm. and, I knew that we had a lot of like the same thought processes and struggled with similar things. So I had a feeling that like her therapist would also be a great fit for me. Yeah. Um, so I started going to therapy consistently in October, 2020. Mm-hmm. I went every week until the new year. And now I go every two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I text my therapist if I need her in between. Mm-hmm. Um, But that that is kind of like where my therapy journey started in terms of like the biggest like break, I guess you could call it like a breakthrough that I've experienced from therapy. Um, I used to be very uh, insecure and have low self-esteem when it came to dating and relationships, whether they be platonic or romantic. And that stemmed a lot from things like relationships with my sister and my parents growing up and um, interactions and relationships I had in high school. So being able to work through those and figure out the root cause, like I didn't know that before therapy, um, has really allowed me to be more communicative and more confident and have higher self-esteem going into relationships with new friends or going out and dating. I've been dating a lot. I've been going on a lot of dates and I like, my mindset is like so much better. And I feel Mm -hmm. so much better about myself because of therapy and, I don't think I would be where I am mentally and feel how I do if it wasn't for therapy. Mm -hmm. I think that's like pretty much everyone's like biggest takeaway with therapy is it just makes you feel more like you just become more into yourself. If that makes sense, Yeah, just become a stronger version of yourself. Like same thing before I started going to therapy, like hot mess. Like it was like, I was so anxious all the time. I mean, I'm still anxious about stuff. But, um, 
just like such low self-esteem. I didn't think that I could like accomplish anything in life, like that kind of thing. And then in therapy, like they really work to like the root cause and Mm -hmm. they're like, why is this happening? And I'm like, I have no idea. So that's like, I just, I think therapy is the best thing ever. I literally preach it to everyone all the time. And I'll like, not say it jokingly, but kind of say jokingly to people, like I'll do something and I'll be like, Oh, I'm going to talk to my therapist about that later. Just to kind of like start a convo about it. Mm -hmm. That people are like, it's not embarrassing, you know? Yeah. Even like making new friends or like in conversations with current friends and even in conversations with new guys that I may be going out with. If I have like a therapy, therapy appointment and like, they ask me like, what are you doing today? Like, Mm -hmm. I will literally say I have therapy. Like, I don't care. I think if like you make it a big deal and you make it have like a whole stigma around it, then like other people are going to continue to act that way. Mm -hmm. But if you talk about it so nonchalantly, like you would be saying like, I'm going to therapy as if you're going to get your hair done. Yeah. Like people will receive it that way. And they'll be like, Oh yeah, she's going to therapy, like totally normal. And if they don't receive it that way, then I'm sorry, but I don't think you want those people in your circle. (laughs) Literally. That's actually so funny. You said that when my boyfriend and I first started dating, same thing happened. He was like, what are you doing tomorrow? And I was like, I literally have therapy. And he was like, oh yeah, no. What are you doing? I'm like, no, I did ass have therapy. We'll probably (laughs) talk about this a little bit later when you figure everything out. I'm like, no, no. From one to two 30, like I am booked. Do not call me nothing. But he thought I was joking at first. And I was like, no, you'll you'll understand in like a month's time when I explain every issue I have to you. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. No, I literally, I think it's so amazing. I've said to boys before, like I would date boys and I'm like, I think you need to go to therapy. I'm like, you need to go talk this out. Yep. I've done that. I was like, maybe you should go to therapy. I'm like, I don't think you understand, but like, it would really, it would really help you a lot. I'm like, I'm just trying to help you. I'm like, let's help the next girl by having you go to therapy. My ex-boyfriend actually, he came from a family that was like, kind of toxic and so when we were dating like he would get really angry about stuff like little things and I was like why are we screaming I'm like I literally spilled like milk or something and so he actually went to therapy and like dealt with a lot of the issues that he has and I'm sure his new girlfriend is like loving it like I'm sure it like helps yes. a lot and he's having a great time I'm it's like crazy so um okay so another question so if someone wanted to kind of get into the social media content creation, I don't know like what you call it, like post on Insta, that kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. what advice would you give to them? Cause I'm sure a lot of people are, well, a nervous that people are going to make comments, but we already talked about them. Like, fuck that. And then also they might just not even really know what they should be doing or compare themselves to other creators. I know that's probably a huge mm-hmm. thing that goes on. So my biggest tip is, well, two, first off, don't go in it for the money. Like I know, like it's very widely talked about now that you can make money and people know that you can make money on social media and by having a following and having an engaged following, but don't go in it into it for that because it's not going to be fun. You're not going to make money right away. I didn't make money for three years. 
Like yeah. I'm on my, like almost my it's fourth hard. year of doing this. Like yeah. you can't be doing it for the money. If that's like your, why you're going to burn out, you're going to be unmotivated. You're not going to stick with it and you're going to dread doing it. Instead, figure out what message you want to put across. What type of content are you passionate about? What's something you're passionate about? Are you passionate about cooking? Great. You can make cooking content. Mm-hmm. Are you passionate about organization? Great. People love looking at aesthetic. Um, oh my God, I live. Those were like you're cleaning up or like organizing or like people like those restocking, the, the mini fridge restocks. I love those. Oh my God, they're so good. And like the like, oh my God, the ASMR, like the sound of it. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, put the juice box in the container. Yes. So nice. <laughs> my favorite videos, like my entire feed are full of people like restocking their fridge. Yes. So, so find what like you're passionate about and translate that onto social media and know that it's not going to be perfect right away. If you go and like take the time to scroll back down on my feed, you will see it did not always look the way that it currently looks. You yeah. learn as you go. And as Michael Bostic said, this is my favorite quote ever launch fast and adjust later. You learn as you go. Like the reason how I know everything I know about social media, the way that I was able to get a job in social media is because I just tried. I tried, I did trial and error. I did my own self learning either through experience on the app, posting different things or reading blogs about social media. Um, just like start and figure it out as you go. And if people are judging you, tell them to fuck off. Like they can go like cry in their room or something like (laughs) it makes you happy. Like it really, it really doesn't matter. Life is too short to care about what other people think. Well, one thing that people tell you like all the time, like just in life is that you're never going to be ready. Like you always think like, I have mm-hmm. to be ready. I have to, I don't know, like take like 70 Insta photos so that I have them ready to post them and like all this stuff. Like you're never going to be because you're always going to think there's other things that you can do. And you kind of just have to, you just have to start. And then from there, like you said, adjust, learn from experience. Like that's the best way to learn is by just like throwing yourself into it. Like my dad always says, like you, what does my dad always say? He's always like, it's not failure if you've learned from it. And I'm like, that's so true. Like you can't fail if you've learned something from it. Oh, I actually have one more question. So you just moved into your new apartment. Mm -hmm. Do you have any like tips for people that kind of want to do the same thing? Like I know some people say like, save X amount of dollars every month or like whatever. Do you have like any tips to kind of that got you to like where you are? Cause you're so young. And the fact that you have your own apartment is actually insane. It feels like a dream. Thank you. Um, I still like feel like someone's going to be like, Alana, this isn't yours. Like <laughs> Alana, you have to move out now. You, you have to move out now. Um, <laughs> you actually don't have the funds to pay for it. Um, so I made a budget. I figured out approximately, am I really following this budget to a T? No. Am I money conscious and money aware of my spending? Yes. I'm smart with yeah. my money. Um, but I made a budget so I could understand and kind of grasp how much I would be spending approximately like per month between like rent, hydro, heat, electricity, like all that stuff, yeah. um, living expenses, groceries, shopping, et cetera. And then I compared that to how much money I was being paid from my full-time job. Mm -hmm. Any money that I made from social media, I didn't really count into this 
factor because it moves up and down yeah. every month. It's so yeah. different. I could have a really good month and feel like I'm the richest queen in the world, or I could have <laughs> like a really bad month and like yeah. feel like I'm poor. Yeah. Um, so I just did it based off of my salary. You never want your rent to be more than 20 to 30% of your monthly income. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. And I saved up, I think it was six months worth of rent and oh, like bad. hydro and utilities, et cetera. Um, before moving out, have I touched that money? No, I keep it as like a rainy day fund. Yeah. That's also another alternative. You guys can search this all up on the internet and like read more about it, but definitely make sure you people say to have three, anywhere from three months to 12 months worth of rent um, in case God forbid you lose your job or like yeah. as an emergency fund. Um, and don't spend more than 20 to 30% on your rent per month, unless like you feel like being super tight on your budget and you want to live very cautiously for me. I don't want to have to really think about when I'm going out for dinner, like, oh, I can only spend like $20 at dinner this one time in this month. Like I want to be able to go out and experience life. I'm someone that's like, I'm not putting all my money into savings and forgetting about it forever Mm -hmm. until I die. Like God forbid. Um, like I want to use my money while I'm alive, but Mm -hmm. use it smartly, invest your money. But that's probably like my biggest tips, 20 to 30% and make a budget so that you're aware of how much like you will be spending, how much it will cost you to move out and find out what number is comfortable for you. Um, I always say like, even if your income goes up, don't start spending like you're super rich. Um, still spend like the amount that makes you happy. You can still get your latte every day. Um, there's a really good episode by the skinny confidential. I forget who it was with. It was a recent episode. It was a finance episode. Highly recommend listening to that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, those are my tips. Yeah. Well, I saw that you like moved out and I was like, holy shit, isn't she like, 22 I was like how the fuck did you do this because I'm like I I can't do it yeah I decided in May and my mom was like no you're not moving out you can't afford to move out you don't have a full-time job I'm like I have like three full-time jobs mom because like <laughs> my dad ha- my I have a joint bank account with my parents so like my dad can see it because he knows how to use like the online banking my yeah. mom little technologically challenged doesn't know how to do that yeah. um so like my dad knew how much like money I was like coming in and like how much money I had in my bank account, how much I had saved, mm-hmm. but my mom didn't. And she was like, no, you're not moving out. Also, I'm like the baby in the family. So like, yeah, didn't want to like, didn't want to be an empty nester situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I like made a, but she's like, make a budget. So I made a budget and she's like, well, I still don't think you can move out. And I, I booked a, an apartment tour and I was like, do you want to come? Like either way I'm going, but like, yeah. I'm inviting you to come. And yeah. I feel like that's like when she like was like, okay, like it's actually happening. And then like my parents became like very supportive and like went to tours with me. I started going to tours alone because I was like going to so many. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and also use a realtor. They're free and they help you. They'll help negotiate with the landlord and tell you what papers you need. My parents just became empty nesters. My, I mean, I moved to Pittsburgh to go to school and then my little brother just moved to Minneapolis to go to Cairo school. And so my parents joined a bowling league because that's how they're coping with it. (laughs) So that's what they do every Monday night. I love that for them. My sister was living downtown and just moved back like around the corner from my parents. So I feel like that's helping my mom a little bit. Yeah. Um, But I could tell like she was like very sad. Mm -hmm. to leave for me to leave well good for you 
Thank you. You're welcome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I mean, it was so fun. I still get nervous because I'm like new to having guests. So I'm like so happy that you agreed to come on and did it on a Friday night. I mean, now you can like go out and do whatever you want to do. But <laughs> Thanks for having me on. And you're a great host. So don't you worry. Don't be nervous and shoot for the stars. Ask for whoever you want to be on your podcast. I know it's intimidating, but mm-hmm. the worst answer you can get is no or nothing. So yeah. just go for it. So that was my episode with Alana. As you can see, she is literally the sweetest person ever, and I'm so happy that we had her on the podcast. As usual, I'm going to leave her socials down below. Please go check out her Insta, her TikTok, her podcast. Go do it all. Send us messages if you like this episode. Be sure to also follow this podcast, download it, all of that. It really means a lot. Let us know what you think about it, and yeah. I will catch you guys in next week's episode. Bye. Hey there, my name is Renee Rena, and I am the mom friend you have always wanted. I am also the host of the Mom Room podcast. We publish two episodes per week, a co-hosted episode on Tuesdays and a solo episode on Thursdays. Popular topics include pooping and having sex after giving birth. I have a solo episode where I talk about not sharing a bed with my husband and why that's okay. I hope you'll tune in to these conversations every week. Join us on Instagram at the mom room podcast and start to feel a little less alone in this crazy thing called motherhood.